0: Hey there listeners this is Stuart with the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Before we start this week's show I wanted to apologize to everyone the sound quality is not that great. We messed up in recording this episode but the content was so great that we did not want to re-record it so please excuse the, the little bangs and echoes throughout the show but we'll do better next time. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am a businessman in his suit and tie, and my name is Stuart Butler. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy.
1: Yes.
0: Okay. I was going to try to be more serious today, but I don't think it's going to work. Nobody likes serious. All right, let's start again. Hello, and welcome to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with... Pete DeMayo. Hey, everybody.
2: Welcome back to the podcast.
0: And Misha Bokikio.
2: Hi.
0: And Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy. Is that a more normal introduction, ladies and gentlemen? I'm more comfortable with that, yes. Did I put you all off your game? I'm I'm back on my game now. I'm pumped. Okay. I don't
1: think I was ever on my game. I just kind of make it up as I go, so.
0: Okay. As long as we're playing the same game, which is hotel marketing, then we are all good. And Pete, I am shocked and surprised that you didn't make a comment about this being episode 64. Maybe oh, an vision. even number, 64. Yeah. Or like, oh, we're one year away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't know like if
2: I'm more upset None with you saying that like or I'm going be surprised saying. I didn't go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. All right. So we were having a little conversation, ladies and gentlemen, for the show about how we listen to other podcasts. And we listen to them at varying speeds. Like I myself, I like to. I've trained my ears to listen at two speed. See, I'm a 1.5er. Yeah, myself. I'm good at 1.5. Yeah, and I was 1.5 for a while. I, I went up to two, but there's a few podcasts I, as included that I struggle to listen to at two two speed. Which one is weird that I listen to our own podcast, right? It's, it's kind of egotistical. I don't know. It's I mean, I listen as well, and I enjoy it. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: The Um, fact that you
2: listen to it sitting in a room with candles is weird, but the fact that you listen to it at all is not.
0: This is true. I'm usually sitting there in my underwear and nothing else, too. (laughs) But I can't listen to us at two speed because we talk too fast. So anyone that does listen to us at two speed, congratulations, but we're going to mess with you today. And sometimes we're going to talk really fast like this. (laughs) And sometimes we might slow it down. (laughs) Do do you think that would increase our listenership or decrease? I feel like
1: it might decrease. Right. but the
3: ones
1: who do listen
0: are going to listen even more because they're like yeah. this is the, the two yeah. people that find this funny we appreciate it well if you're just tuning in for the first time to the fuel hotel <laughs> Marketing Podcast, yeah, this, yeah we're all a little bananas today and we apologize for that but we do have some cool serious subject matter to cover we're going to be talking about advertising and the different types of channels that you can use to advertise and the messaging that you can use on them at different points within the funnel right so we get a lot of folks that come to us and they're they're doing this spray and pray mentality when it comes to advertising it's a one-size-fits-all kind of strategy and that really isn't the case anymore you you should not have a one-size-fits-all because there's so many nuances to the traveler's journey and how to communicate with them the messaging where to reach them that kind of thing that we're going to dig into today and there's a nice little companion document that goes along with this episode so As always, you can get the show notes at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 64. But in addition to this, we also have this brand spanking new downloadable awesomeness white paper from Misha and Chris put it together and it is at fueltravel.com slash advertising. So we are not going to have time today to get into every little nook and cranny of advertising hotels but we do in this download. So if you're interested in following along or you want to get more information that we just don't have time to cover today, then again, go to fueltravel.com slash advertising and you can download that and it is phenomenal and it's beautiful and awesome job, Misha. Thanks. Virtual high five.
1: Or you could high five me because we're sitting right next to each other.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying everyone at home listening should virtually high five you right now. Send
1: me high five gifts.
0: There you go. That would be amazing. All right, but before we get into that, let's see what is going on in the news. Who has a news item? Peter, you look like you have a news item.
2: I have one, and it's not from the the usual suspects. This article comes to us from Seeking great Alpha. Great movie, by the
0: way. It oh, really it's was. Great movie.
2: Mm. Who is Kaiser Oh, a spoiler alert. Yeah, All
0: right, keep going. Anyway, so
2: this is from Seeking Alpha, and what I like about this article is it takes a look at TripAdvisor from a perspective of someone who could care less about travel and only is interested in it from a business perspective. The article is titled, TripAdvisor expect either a new buyback plan or a sale of the company, coming up very soon. And the author, who's Long Hill Road Capital, takes a very in-depth look at TripAdvisor, their financials, and also has a few clues of why he thinks that it's either going to have a massive stock buyback or be up on the, the sales block. A clue, a clue, a clue. So this is a little bit of a conspiracy Friday.
0: Wow. I was waiting for mm-hmm. Misha to jump in with some blue squib squibs there.
1: I didn't want to, like, jump in. And go the ahead, look
0: go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you practice that? Because it's pretty small.
1: I... Winging it. Nice. Winging it. <laughs> Although,
0: you sounded a little bit more like magenta than you did blue. Yeah, think no, that. I'm just kidding. They sound exactly the <laughs> same. So. All right. So. All right. Are you, Steve, are you team Steve or
2: team Joe?
1: Totally team Steve. Right. Come on, dude. The show it totally downhill when he went to, air quotes, college. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. For the, the audience that we didn't lose at the very beginning, we just lost. So, anyway. So what were some of the clues?
2: All right. So some of the big clues were starting on August – first of all, August 8th – and I'm going to read this verbatim from the article. August 8th, TripAdvisor filed its second quarter 10Q and buried on page 55 of the 58 pages, the company disclosed that its board had adopted a new executive severance package that includes terms that would go into effect if there was a change in control of the company. They did not have this previously – in any of their ten Qs, which tells somebody that okay, the only reason they would do this is if they had plans for an imminent takeover or purchase. In this author's experience, companies who insert this clause typically are purchased, at, you know, pretty close down the road. And the second mystery, which feeds this conspiracy, is in June, TripAdvisor did not renew. It's share repurchase agreement, which they have been doing for the past several years. So they weren't necessarily laying out a price at their own rebuy shares of their own company. So those two factors, and along with this is a, it's a paginated article, but it's about 10 pages of content. There's a lot of information here, but it's really lays out a case that TripAdvisor is going to make a big play. The one company they say most likely is going to be interested is Amazon. Because Amazon failed with their Amazon destinations, and this gives Amazon the opportunity to step in, have a fully flushed-out review platform, which they're already known for, and they already have the opportunity to market to every single Prime customer with discounted hotel rates.
0: Discuss. Something's a Mm foot down of the circle, Kane, ladies and gentlemen. Great movie. Yes, and we... I've been saying this for a long time, that TripAdvisor is is priming itself to get bought out. That's why they haven't been overly concerned with the quarterly profits and, you know, the downturn from going to instant booking. But someone like Amazon would be primed for buying this because... No it. <laughs> 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 um But, it, it, you know, it, there's so much data, and Amazon is all about aggregating data, and, you know, there's so much talk right now about the that, that AI capabilities within... their their infrastructure with the predictive analytics of what people want to buy. I mean, it's perfect for travel, right? So it makes a lot of sense. What I think personally is going to happen, though, is there could be a little bit of a bidding war going on because you know who doesn't want Amazon to buy TripAdvisor?
1: Expedia.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Priceline Expedia Groups. I think those guys are, are, you know... Trembling a little bit. If this were to go down, it could be a big, big problem for them. So.
2: And that's one of the points of the article as well is if this turns into a bidding war, it looks at the basically the market caps of Expedia, Priceline, and TripAdvisor and mm-hmm. everybody else involved. If uh, if you've got probably good 20, 30 minutes, read this article. It's definitely well worth it.
0: Yeah, you can do that instead of listening to this, op- this episode. No. Well, don't Why don't I just I'll, I'll read the whole article? Yeah, I guess that'd be episode. next episode. Okay. How about that? But Google's the other one that could come in and buy them as well. They could. I think those are the. Something. Yeah. But,
2: but but we've talked about this in the past, though. Google's already in the catbird seat and making a ton of cash off of everybody.
0: Why would they go in there and. Because then they can make even more cash off of even more people. But, you know, yeah. I, I think, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a little TripVisor stock in your portfolio right now. Mm-hmm. Just saying. All right, what uh, other things are going on in the news, Misha?
1: I have an article. The title unfortunately ruins the entire point of the article, but we're just going to get to it. It is from digiday.com, and the article is titled, Hilton Gets 20% of Bookings Through Its Mobile App. So without boring you with too many additional details, the mobile app for Hilton is arguably the most successful hotel mobile app out there, They have spent a ton of time and money investing in this app to make it the best app it can possibly be, which I agree with that philosophy. If you're going to do something, do it. Don't half-ass it. Can I say that? You just
0: did. I'm not going to beep it out.
1: So do it. They've spent a ton of money. They have the the keyless entry integration. They have the ability to search across their entire inventory across all of their brands they own thousands of hotels across the globe it's incredibly useful easy to use they've continued to revamp it and make it even better every single year so now it's working and over 20% of bookings are now coming in through their mobile app
0: yeah i'd love to see the breakdown of what of business versus leisure you know mm-hmm. and, and how many of those are coming in and what but we know firsthand That mobile is here and people want to book on mobile you know that that notion that people want to book on their desktop but they're starting the research on mobile is just it's not the case and and we'll get into the Google micro moments in a second with this advertising piece when we're talking about the channel but when when we're talking about micro moments and the fact that people are using their mobile device to research think about how you use your mobile device It is not the same as a desktop. You don't sit there for a prolonged period of time. It's five minutes here and there throughout the day in between different things that's going on, you know, running the kids to soccer or or getting yelled at by the boss. Those are two things that happen to me frequently. (laughs) right? But these little micro moments of time where I maybe only have a couple of minutes to perform a task, if it's an efficient process on a mobile device... I'm probably going to be able to do the whole transaction, right? Which Hilton's done a really good job of making this very frictionless within the mobile app. You don't need to enter a payment, for example, right? It's going to continue to grow. It it really has to. This is why hotels have to embrace mobile. Both the mobile booking engine, mobile website, and mobile apps. Because that is where everything is heading. Discuss. It's awesome.
3: I mean, what's there to discuss? I, I think... This is maybe more interesting to me than just how many people are using the mobile app, but Hilton also is linked their honors points loyalty program to Amazon. So you could use your points to shop on Amazon. Ding 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 ding
0: ding. Yeah, they're they're doing a lot of really smart mm-hmm. things right now, Hilton. And and I think the the revamp of the Hilton Honors is great. Their investment in the mobile app is great. The really good news is though. If even if, if you're not a Hilton property, if you're an independent property, there are products out there that allow you to compete on this level. You know, we we've got Guest Express and Mobile App Solution, but there's others out there too that allow you to offer similar functionality, the keyless entry, the, the mobile check-in. And guests want this stuff. You know, they they're demanding it. And and the more that folks like Hilton and Marriott's push their products, the more that it's gonna be a differentiator for them if you as an independent hotel don't have this right so just like in the early days websites you know were for the 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 leading people that develop websites and then mobile websites and all this other stuff were the, the chains and then the independents followed suit independents have to start following suit because if they don't they're going to be left out because if 20% 20% of Hilton's bookings are coming from a mobile device. That means 20% of the people that are booking with them want to book through their mobile device, through the mobile app. If you don't have that as an option, that, that that's 20% of Hilton's consumers you're never going to compete with. And that's you're never gonna percent get that's 20% of bookings. Yeah. It
2: wasn't that long ago where we would look at our analytics and we have 20% of the people visiting the site from a mobile system. Yeah. Now it's 20% of bookings
0: not even from a
2: mobile website. From yeah, it's the app from, that app. from the app. Yeah.
0: And, and we're heading towards an app, a completely app-driven world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at how much time you spend on your phone on a browser versus on apps, yeah. you know? It's 90% of the time is spent on an app. It's not on the browser. Mm-hmm. So this this is, I'm not saying you don't need a mobile website. You absolutely need a web, mobile website. You absolutely need a mobile booking engine on your mobile website. But you also need an app as well, and and he showing that. We get
3: the data that. every week now. We get reports from our own Guest Express app that shows us all the usage of all of our clients' apps and how many mobile check-ins and checkouts and the upgrades and the honestly the numbers stagger me every single week.
0: It is banana analytics. It's banana analytics. Yeah, it was banana it bananas first. analytics. Banana analytics. It is so good. It's impressive. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, just at, at least. At least evaluate whether or not your property needs a mobile app. I think it's really important in this day and age. And certainly before you do that, make sure your website's mobile friendly. Make sure your booking engine's mobile friendly. But you should also have a mobile app because they're great. Alrighty. So that's it for the news. Now we're going to jump into the main subject today, which we're going to again we're going to be talking about uh, advertising channels based on different points within the funnel. And if you haven't already done it, pause the episode. Go download the the companion piece the white paper that Misha created at fueltravel.com slash advertising but we're gonna start at the very beginning by talking a little bit about the traveler's journey and Google in recent years have been really vocal about this kind of micro-moment approach to the travel research process and Melissa you want to kind of walk through what the steps are according to Google?
3: Sure we've got basically for encompassing steps starting from the very, very top of the funnel to actually being on site. So we've got the, what they're calling the dreaming moments, the I want to get away moments. So that's when people are just, you know, at that point of time where no Sitting planning at their cube, staring at the computer. Somewhere else
1: Yeah. That. Not saying we've all been there, but.
0: Recording a podcast, you know. <sighs> on a Friday. Wishing four, you were somewhere 42.
1: else. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Go on. (laughs) Uh, That would be followed by the planning moments or the time to make a plan moment. So obviously that's pretty self-explanatory as to what that is. And then we have the booking moments, which is the, well, let's book it. And then all the way down to the experiencing moments, which is can't wait to explore.
0: Yeah, and they missed the post-experience one, which we covered a little bit in the download. We're not going to cover that today in the episode, but... You know, after the experience as well, I think is a very important moment that's underutilized. And you know, we talk about Flip2 a lot on this show, but they do a phenomenal job of extracting the essence of the experience and repurposing it for post-experience just shenanigans, right? So whether that's pushing on social media or running contests, things like that, but Google's missing that piece of the equation, and we're going to omit that from today's discussion, but if you want to read about that, it is in the download at fueltravel.com slash advertising as well. So, starting at the number one point in this journey, so the dreaming section, Misha, let's talk a little bit about what are some of the things that folks can do to try to target people that are in this mode of dreaming and aspiring to travel.
1: right so we are at the very top of the funnel and in the white paper i almost compare i kind of combine the um, the google travel funnel with a traditional sales funnel so you have your awareness your interest consideration and purchase so we kind of mesh the two in this guide so in this inspiration phase what is your primary goal well awareness you're trying to generate awareness for your property there is a little caveat to this that i put in the guide i wanted it to be comprehensive for hotels, but also I want it to be um, very clear that this is not necessarily a spot that a lot of brands or hotels and resort properties are going to want to dump a lot of their money. So a lot of times if you're looking at awareness, you know, you need to figure out, you know, do people have a defined travel interest for my destination? Is that the best place for me to spend my money as a hotel? So if you're a large brand like Disney or Atlantis and you are the destination, that might make sense. You know, if you're in a destination like Virginia Beach or Myrtle Beach or, you know, any family vacation destination um, where people go, that's more of the um, CVB's job to generate that demand. It gets a little blurry though. So if this is somewhere where you have some extra budget or you have some really unique things about your property that would specifically draw people there, then absolutely do some experimenting and put some money towards this.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, expectations have to be set. So top of funnel, you're having to do a lot of the heavy lifting of convincing someone that it is time to travel, that you are the right destination, you're the right property. So the return on investment for top of funnel advertising tends to be a lot lower. So... Like Misha said, if you are at Disney or you are, you know, a destination in yourself... Like
1: great Wolf Lodge. Right, like
0: exactly. That's a great example. It makes sense to do that kind of top of funnel advertising. If you're a mom and pop property in a really competitive destination, I would not spend a whole lot of time on the top of funnel stuff. I would, you know, we're going to talk about middle and bottom of funnel in a second. I would spend a lot more of my money in those lower echelons where... We know that those people are a lot more primed to book. But,
2: and I would say look at who's in those you know individual segments like your CVBs, your portal websites, you know those type of people. And the OTAs. Sure, the OTAs. And make sure that you have a great presence there. You don't know, think more of like on the OTAs and uh, portal sites, but make sure you have a great presence there because you don't know when that person goes from stage one to stage two and you yeah. want to make sure you're there but you don't want to necessarily be the one doing the heavy lifting convincing someone that virginia beach is right for them
0: right and this is kind of a cycle right it's, it's not as linear as the old sales funnel used to be there's, there's multiple kind of stages and, and it kind of goes around up and down the funnel a little bit so this is a reason why we tell our clients you should absolutely be on the otas right because Even if you do a great job convincing people to book direct, then they need to find out about you somehow. In OTAs, in TripAdvisor, in portal sites in your destination and the CVB website, if you're not spending money on your own channels to drive people top a funnel, those are the only places that you're going to get in their decision set. So you have to be on those channels to even be considered with your competition. But let's assume you do want to invest in Topic Funnel stuff. What are some things that we can do?
1: So your primary challenge is, are you visible? And your goal at this point is to inspire travel and to generate that awareness. So the top, we're only going to discuss for each of these three channels that I've pulled out. Please go and download the full guide. It has a lot more um, examples of not only advertising platforms that you can use, but I also give very specific campaign examples, which we're only going to go into one at each stage. So... Definitely get the full version, but for the TLDR version on the podcast, the first place you want to be if you're looking at generating some awareness is YouTube. Fun fact, YouTube, the second largest search engine in the world. We actually had um, Phil was running a campaign for a client and he it was on YouTube using this exact channel for um, to advertise one of their videos and it ran for like, I don't know, maybe an hour and their budget for the day was already spent. Like. And blew it out of the water. I mean thousands and thousands of views. So people are out there, they're watching videos, and YouTube has a lot of great options for people in the space. The first one, um, or the one we're going to focus on at this stage, is called TrueView. This is an opt-in viewing platform, so I'm sure we're all familiar with this, where you have the option to skip the ad after five seconds. So advertisers in this space are only charged when 30 seconds of the video is viewed. There is no time restriction on how long your video can run. Obviously you want to use common sense. Don't have you know a 30 minute ad, um, but there is some creative flexibility there and there are two placement options here. So you can do in stream ads where those are the ones that um, people are subjected to five seconds and then it can skip. Or there are some video discovery placements, which are next to other videos and you're only charged if people actually click on those.
0: Yeah. And I think, you have to be tactical about this. You have to really think about uh, where the mindset is of this consumer, right? They're on YouTube not to look necessarily for vacationing. They're not necessarily looking for your brand. They're probably looking at the latest Star Wars trailer or something like that, if it was me, right? So you're, you're trying to intercept people based on your targeting. You've got to grab their attention. So don't just put a generic overview of your property video. You've got to be enticing. You've got to show a value proposition, and, and punch them in the face and get get some mm-hmm. kind of attention really quickly with these ads.
2: One thing kind of to add to that is you pay for 30, but you get five for free. You get five seconds free. This is not the place, not to get into the creative aspect of it, but you don't want a nice long fade into your shop. Get to the point, you have five seconds to at least tell the person something important so that they do skip, at least you've made an impression. For sure. Valid point. I was
1: going to bring this up, but did you all, I'm sure you're familiar with the, uh, I want to say it's Geico, maybe, that did the whole campaign where their entire ad was five seconds, like, haha, it's too short to skip, Geico.
3: Yep.
1: <laughs> it was clever. Was it Geico? It was, I want to say it was Geico. I thought I it was like
2: a beer. Or, it was um, something like that, because basically it's, it's
0: a, you know, we're done. mill a Lite or something like that. Or I thought yeah. it was
1: like car insurance. I'm well, sure car insurance.
0: what we proved today, children, is that advertising doesn't work. Doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this was a while ago I'm concerned about my love of car insurance and I need a beer
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go but yeah they did they did the five second you can't skip it you might be right it, it could have been okay. well, know, or, or so like well it seems like something yeah. I not remember some insurance company because they spend all the money okay, on, yeah. like, I just want a
3: squealing pig back
0: mm. Yeah, it's <gasps> <he's> my favorite <laughs> mm. <laughs> weep wee, wee. <laughs> you, still like cringing yeah <laughs> Your blues clues is better. Oh, thanks. I
1: guess so. <laughs> All right. Okay. So back on track. Back on track. Reel it back in. Okay. So the next one we were going to discuss is the Google Display Network. So, again, something that people are probably pretty familiar with. This allows advertisers to reach consumers across various other websites that are a part of the Google Display Network, which is approximately ginormous. They approximately. approximately. <laughs> it's approximately. very precise. <laughs> yes. Um, extensive targeting options, I mean, you can do demographic, interest-based, geographic behavior. You can do some retargeting if you want to, although generating awareness probably not the best space for that. Tons of options as far as targeting. You can do a CPC or a CPM-based bidding models. There are tons of different sizes and formats that you can use to this, so it is very flexible. And to give you an example, so we'll give you a little sneak peek of a campaign example. Um, This I had Melissa and I in mind when I came up with this one. So the example is, you are a boutique hotel in the heart of wine country, California. You need to think about using a high-quality static image of a young, attractive couple enjoying a glass of wine overlooking the vineyard with the text overlay Sip, Savor C at the top. And then... Come for the wine, stay for the experience. See why guests prefer name of property um, as your call to action. For this, you would want to target women ages 30 to 45 with an income over $75,000 who are interested in food and wine and travel, etc. cetera. Essentially building, um, building your guest persona and applying that to your targeting.
3: Let's go. I'm
1: ready. Okay, let's go. Sounds like a great place.
0: Convince me. Yes. yes. I'm ready to go. Are the cats with the wine? No, this question. is a cat-free, cat-free environment. Sign me up. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, display in general, I mean, we, we kind of hate us on display a lot of times on this podcast. I, I'm, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the return on investment. But if you have a ton of money and you really are trying to establish yourself as an authority, or like we said earlier, you are a destination in and of yourself, display can really help. And, and. You know, like Misha said, remarketing doesn't make sense top of funnel because that means someone's had to have interacted with you or come to your site in, in the past. But a lot of uh, a lot of the display options now incorporate some kind of lookalike feature, right? So you can, you can upload your existing guest history and they can kind of use the data analysis to say these people are very similar. They have similar buying habits, similar demographics to who is already booking. That kind of makes sense, but again you've got to make sure that you're tracking and measuring ROI because ROI and display can be very, very misleading. And if if you're confused about it, go listen to our episode on attribution modeling That'll give you a little more clarity, but you've got to be really careful about the ROI display. And I
1: think, too, you know, ha- keeping in mind what your KPIs at each step of the funnel very, are is very important. Like, I don't think you should necessarily not that you shouldn't worry about it, but like a direct return on investment on when you're generating awareness isn't the thing you necessarily want to focus on. You know, you want to focus on things like did you um, get an email sign up? Yeah, impressions. Um, you know, how many people are seeing your ads? How many people are interacting with your ads? Are you driving? Um, that traffic back to your website.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then looking at, you know, if you do get an email, following it through the funnel. So can you convert that email from that particular campaign or that source to a booking? And then can you convert that booker to a multiple loyal booker, right? Because when you start looking at lifetime value, especially if you're in a repeat destination, that's where this top of funnel stuff can really pay dividends. If you're looking at, say, display marketing in the same measuring it in comparison to say brand PPC it's going to be apples and oranges you're looking at very different things and the ROI is absolutely going to be more favorable in the bottom of funnel kind of stuff like brand PPC so you've got to really look at it in context and and really focus on what your absolute goals are for this particular piece of the funnel and this type of demographic that you're targeting with this particular channel.
1: The last one that we can briefly cover, um, I don't want to get too buried in it because I know we've got a lot of other ones to go into, but this is also a really good space generating awareness to use some Facebook video view ads. This could be a video that you have uploaded to your page at some point, or it can also be a live video that you've taken from your property. There's a lot of different ways to use this and we all know that Facebook is such a highly visible platform, um, or visual should I say, so people are interacting with highly engaging stuff like live videos or videos of your property so this is really a space that you want to be in if you're trying to showcase your property really get your name out there and facebook is a really easy to use platform i would say if you're getting started facebook is probably an easier thing to you know bite off than adwords
0: yeah i mean i, th- I think it's different in in a few ways you know one you know when you're when you're bidding on say adwords there's an intent Someone's coming with a purpose, right? But on Facebook, you're trying to intercept people. Um, and you're also on Facebook, you're competing with their friends, their families, their interests. So you're trying to disrupt the, the, the common flow. So I think it's a, it's a more challenging prospect, but Facebook has better targeting capabilities than any other platform. And because of that, it can be really, really effective. Now, it doesn't necessarily scale to the same levels that some other channels do, like AdWords, but you can get really precise with your targeting and say, I want Pete DiMaio and people that look exactly like Pete DeMeo and in his circles, and he's the kind of guy that I want to come stay at my property. No one would ever say that because no one would ever want Pete DeMeo to come stay at their property. <laughs> and they looks all like me. This is true. They would want beekeepers for the people that don't know what that word means. But my point being, Facebook is great for picking specific people and saying, these are who I want to show my message to. But again, like we talked about with the, the YouTube videos, you've got to make sure that com- the content is compelling and, and it actually has a message that resonates with the audience that you're targeting as well.
1: And something else to keep in mind with Facebook, people more times than not aren't going to click the sound. So if you have somebody talking or there's sound of any kind, they might not be able to hear what you're saying because either didn't autoplay or that they did not have their sound on whatever but in the ads tool or when you're uploading your video you can overlay text so take the time to do that because chances are people aren't going to hear what your video is yeah it's
0: like 85 percent ish of people don't turn the sound on, on on video so you definitely need to grab their attention with something visual and hope that they will turn the sound on right but you gotta punch them again punch them in the face. If you take nothing else from this episode, take the fact that you need to punch all the people in all the faces. <laughs> yeah.
3: Become yeah. very violent after this episode.
0: Yeah, for sure. All
3: right, ready? We're moving on, chugging the beer. Going Mid on the
0: funnel. Mid funnel. Woo. Mid funnel. Yeah, so that top of funnel, done. But again, we've got more examples in the download, travel.com slash advertising. Let's move down the funnel.
1: Moving down the funnel. So the next stage, getting to the midpoint here, where, where the interest and consideration phase people are ready to plan. They've been super bored at work for six months. They're like, I'm ready to get out of here. Where are we going? So they are ready to plan their vacation.
0: I've recorded 64 episodes of my podcast, and now I'm really ready. Dude. Yes, now I'm really ready. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, so typically at this point, they're ready to take their leisure vacation. They have a destination in mind, and they are knee-deep in looking at accommodation options, reading reviews, seeing what amenities, seeing what's going on in town, just doing all the things that you do when you're typically planning a leisure vacation. So your job at this point is to generate leads and your goal is to remain in the guest consideration set and to hopefully get some actual leads. So whether that's um, email addresses are a really great way to measure success at this step Um, and really you want to persuade if not convince travel shoppers to strongly consider your property they are probably going to go around do some price shopping they are going to leave your website to go read some reviews but you want to stay top of mind throughout this experience
0: yeah and the considerations they're looking at are price obviously quality like reviews they're also looking at amenity set they're looking at location is critically important you know vicinity to whatever it is they're going to town for Nine out of ten, they're not coming to your town to stay with you. They're coming for another reason, whether it's a beach or an event or, you know, some kind of attraction. So, a
1: beekeeper convention. Yeah,
0: exactly. If, if you're an <laughs> apiary riverist, then they, they might want to stay near the apiary the convention. The But this is
2: also the most competitive portion of the funnel. They've made the decision that they're visiting Virginia Beach, but now... This is the first time where all the hotels in that market can start punching each other in the face to (laughs) try to get this customer. Pete, why Uh, would you
0: use (laughs) such violent language?
2: I know, pull it back. But the point is, this is the time to go ahead and start getting aggressive. Because as we get further down the funnel, it's more of a decision-making set between where to book for a property Versus what, what property specific I'm going to book. This is all happens in this stage. Yeah, and
0: you're not, you know, because travel funnel, you were competing with like CBBs and portal sites and OTAs. For and you most probably part. shouldn't have been competing with them. Yeah. Maybe with. right, but now you're competing with all of those and all the individual properties as well. So we get, you're right, it gets a lot more competitive at this point. So what are some things we can do to try to compete?
1: Well, the first place you can play around in is the Google AdWords non-brand playground.
3: Ooh. It's
1: a little tricky. you got to be careful. You can't just go all in bidding willy-nilly because you're going to blow a lot of money and not make any money. Um, so for anybody who is not familiar, non-brand refers to bidding on any type of keyword that is not directly affiliated with your branding, which is opens Pandora's box of opportunities, right?
0: Right, so it could be like Virginia Beach hotels. But it could be... More granular than that, right? It could be, is where
3: you want to be. Right.
0: So th- what we call kind of semi-non-brand, right? Which is something that really resonates with your particular product. So it could be Virginia Beach Hotels near something specific that you're really close to. Or Virginia Beach Hotels with something specific that you with have. The. like With the. Like a lazy river. <laughs> <laughs> with the. With the. Uh, wheat. thin, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cool whip.
0: <laughs> all right so
2: long tail keywords yeah
0: it's longer tail but it, but it's not really long tail it's more kind of medium-ish tail right it, it's it's the broad with a modifier that relates directly to you that can even be like room types we, we've seen a lot of folks recently getting a lot of traffic from uh, oceanfront three-bedroom suite and and those kind of keywords in a specific jet. Uh, destination. So you covered
1: the, the categories that we had pulled out, so the proximity or location-based keywords, amenities, queries, and also room type queries, What we typically recommend as a starting point when you're looking at building out some non-brand campaigns. Also keeping in mind that compared to your brand, having realistic expectations here your cost per clicks are typically going to be higher. Your click through rates typically going to be lower, and your ROAS again typically lower versus what your brand can.
0: Be hey, Misha, hard. what is ROAS?
1: ROAS.
0: But what does it mean, Misha?
1: Return on ad spend.
0: Okay, so it's similar to ROI, return on investment, but it it kind of doesn't take out the initial investment, right? So it's basically your measurement of success of these ads. It's 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 the Key performance indicator that we typically use on these kind of ads, ROAS. Yes. In case anyone was wondering.
1: Ready for example number two? Yes. All right, mid funnel example number two. One of my favorite ads because I love Facebook are these Facebook lead <laughs> generation ads. So your hotel, if you're looking to generate some leads, hey, they have an ad for that. This is a native form collection where Facebook will auto fill a form within the platform with information that is pulled from the guest profile. So it kind of takes that friction out of them having to, say, sign up for your newsletter or sign up to get deals or whatever it may be. Really easy way for you to collect email addresses for people who are expressing interest in your hotel and then you can upload that into your platform and then hopefully stay in touch with them and nurture them through that sales funnel. Um, A campaign example for this that we have outlined. I had another coworker in mind when I was coming up with this one. So you are a budget-conscious Las Vegas hotel seeking leads for bachelorette parties. You are going to use a high-quality static image of an attractive group of young girls cheersing with colorful cocktails. Your target um, You are going to target key geographic markets, women ages 25 to 35 um, plus recently engaged and women who are also interested in pages related to Las Vegas. They have an income of about 30000 to 75000 and that's your little guest persona for that one. So after collecting the data, um, the form should divert people to a landing page on your website because there is the opportunity after they've collected that info, they can go visit your website. In this case, you want them to go to a landing page relevant to bachelorette parties or packages.
0: It, this is one of my favorite bold ads we're going to talk about it, it, for a couple of reasons. You know, we already talked about how amazing Facebook is at targeting, but people... And this is a theory of mine, but people in general are really, really lazy. I don't believe you. That's not a theory. That's a fact. No, no, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact that you don't have to do anything as a consumer but hit a button to say, yeah, sure, I'll give this information to this person because I'm interested in what their their wares are is great. And the the return on this and the, the cost per acquisition on an email address is phenomenal. Crazy low. It's crazy low. I mean, it's it's like 10, 15 cents in some cases low, right? So to, to buy an email address for 10 or 15 cents is bananas. We said this a lot. We said a lot to our clients. We said on the show before. There is still an amazing arbitrage on Facebook advertising, advertising in that in four or five years' time, it's going to be three, four, five times as expensive as it is now, and we're still going to be doing it. It, it is way, way undervalued right now. You have to be doing these lead ads in, in Facebook now because it is so cheap. There is nowhere else in the world you can get email addresses, qualified email addresses at a lower price than you can on Facebook Well, I think right that's,
2: that's the key point is a lot of people would be happy to pay 10, 15 cents an email for just an email list.
0: Right. This is qualified though. But this
2: is somebody who... Has recently gotten engaged, interested in Vegas, or wherever it might be, getting that person's email
0: address. Right. So the key, though, is in the follow-up. You know, because you, you the value of an email address is whatever you do with that email address. So if you don't have a great nurture and drip campaign that this person goes into to try to get them from an email address to a, to an actual booking, then you're wasting your money. So you've really got to kind of this is where you really need to tie your marketing together and make sure your email marketing strategy. Matches your Facebook advertising strategy. Yes. Correct. Correct. 100%.
1: So the last one, again, I don't want to go into too much detail because I think we're all pretty familiar with this, but a place that you should definitely be present in at this portion of the funnel, really throughout the funnel, Google Hotel Ads. You're probably tired of hearing us talk about Google Hotel Ads because I feel like we talk about it, or somehow it comes up in just about every episode. Because it's awesome. It's awesome. So this... Again, for anybody who's unfamiliar, this is what you're going to see in the local 3-pack or if it's your, somebody searches for an individual brand that's going to show up in the knowledge panel, you're going to see a listing of prices. And this is the place where people, a.k.a. OTAs and meta-search sites, are bidding for placement here. And they can feed Google directly your rates. So... Other people are here. I mean, I've never seen a listing where there's not at least three to five other sites bidding and showing rates for this. So, you definitely need to be there.
2: And Google's testing the heck out of this platform. They're always looking at ways. I mean, they've been doing the new test where there's just a book now button where you can jump right to the booking process. You need to be here. And the
1: important thing to think about at this stage of the funnel is... For hotel ads like as an as an advertiser who runs these ads we don't have much control or really any control w- as to where these show up or when they show up we're not bidding for keyword placement so people could be searching for you know oceanfront resorts in virginia beach or they could be searching for hilton oceanfront resort it's going to show up in non-brand and long tail for brand specific it, it doesn't matter we don't have any control over that so when they are at this stage of the phone mm-hmm. narrowing down their choices and they're seeing various hotels listed and they see the pricing listed that's why you want to be there yeah.
2: and i go back to I mean, we mentioned it in the last podcast we have a client who had a 750 percent roas on google hotel ads that's why the
1: return has gotten yeah way better
0: and then this one kind of straddles the because of what you said we don't have a lot of control about the placement so it kind of straddles mid and bottom funnel, right? Because it shows up when I'm searching for Virginia Beach hotels, but it also shows up when I'm searching for my hotel's brand name as well. So you've got to be there because not only is the ROI great, but it's middle, middle and bottom of funnel, and it's effective at both.
1: And just a note on that: not just anybody can run these. Unfortunately, you do need to work with a Google verified partner. Do you know any of those? I mm, I think we might be verified.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Fuel I travel. Uh, if you need to get on Google Hotel ads, you can call the friendly fueligans at Fuel Travel.
1: Coolest kids on the block.
0: Public service announcement.
1: Alright, we ready to finish this beer?
0: <laughs> let's do it. We're <laughs> at the right. bottom of the funnel. This is the bottom the, of the funnel. <laughs> this is the dregs at the bottom of the keg. A little foamy, but we're getting there. Yeah. So let's let's knock it out of the park.
1: Alright, so the bottom of the funnel people are ready to make a decision they're ready to purchase they are ready to book so congratulations your hotel site has remained in the consideration set you have convinced them how awesome you are and they are ready to book your property so a few things you need to keep in mind here are they easily able to do this are your rates consistent across your distribution channel does your website effectively solicit and capture email addresses and is your website easy to find and navigate? Like, so if somebody's ready to book, can they actually find you? So, your challenge here is are you actually converting those leads? And your goal, obviously, is to acquire bookings.
3: And I will jump in before you finish your thought there and say that the time between step two and step three could be a couple of weeks, it could also be 10 minutes. I mean, it can go that quickly. It could be a couple of hours where a person was researching at work and then went home to book yeah. after speaking to spouse. It's or a great point. Really good point. You don't know where that line is and what that time difference is going to be. So just be aware that it could be very, very close between steps two or and Or it
1: could be like you and I are going to the half marathon in January. You might look at some hotels now. We might look at some hotels next week. We'll probably book sometime in December. You never know.
0: Yep. Yeah. Which half marathon, if, if our listeners wanted to come and run alongside Misha and Melissa? Um, what city are, would that be in?
1: <laughs> are we telling the public we'll be running? Yeah, why not?
2: You don't right. have stalkers yet? Yeah? yeah. And you should be able to run them if you're going to the half marathon.
1: It's questionable, but we will yeah, be yeah. running it's it's not a Charleston. Sprint. Yeah. Charleston half marathon. We're very excited. Yay. Yay.
0: Hope
1: you will get And Stuart could <laughs> be doing the Beach Bowl this year.
0: Yeah, if I can get my foot fixed. There's always a I it. Dude, it has been three months since um, high tech, and my foot still gives me some chip. And
1: didn't you say your hips were hurting, too? Yeah, that's
0: my bed, though. I need to get a new mattress. It's been 17 years. It's probably overdue. I wish we
1: had a mattress sponsor. Yeah.
0: Once you hit 40. Casper,
1: once you if you're hit, interested, call when,
0: us. Once you hit 40, your body starts falling apart, is what I've learned. So, hips, feet. But I'm running. It's Okay. I'm, I'm going to sign up for the I feel like before.
1: you injured running is still faster than me, like, running. <laughs> <so> <laughs> fine.
0: Yeah, it doesn't slow me down. Both my injuries are tolerable while I run, so it doesn't really slow me down. But <sighs> anywho, I don't think people tuned in to listen to this.
1: They <laughs> no, probably stopped listening a long I time I stopped listening
0: what we're talking about. <laughs> bees. We're right. talking about bees, Pete.
1: We are looking at the top booking advertising channels for hotels. So, the first one should be a no-brainer for everyone in this room and everyone listening. You're going to want to be on Google AdWords and perhaps Bing Ads, if that's your thing, with brand PPC.
0: Yes. Yes. Do we need to say a whole lot else to this? I I
3: think not.
0: You know, there's still some resistance, though, to be fair, that people were like, well, I don't need to be there because I rank organically number one.
2: False. False.
0: Why is that false, ladies and gentlemen?
2: You'll probably end up in around the eighth or ninth actual position if you only rank number one for your brand because you have paid listings, typically four, then you have your HPA or GHA listings and everything else ahead of the true organic
0: listing. Yeah, it's it's definitely you have a very minimal percentage of the real estate on the search engine results. That's really on yeah. mobile. Phone. Yeah. yeah, on mobile. you got to
1: s- do some hard scrolling to get to organic on mobile.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, fortunately, if it's brand term, you do get the local kind of thing. is higher than organic. But still, you need to be bidding on brand PPC because if you don't, you're just giving away 15 or 20% to the OTAs who are. Just go Google your, your brand and see who's top and... Consider the fact that most consumers don't know the difference between paid and non-paid listings on Google. They're just going to click top to bottom. And how many people click more than three or four things, right? So you're really just giving away money if you're not bidding on your brand PPC. And the return is ridiculous. I mean, it's more than 10 to 1. So you have to do it. And we've done studies. We have a case study on the Fuel Travel website that shows it doesn't really erode or in any way affect your organic click-through rate either. So people that are going to click on the, the paid ads are going to click on the paid ads. People that are going to click on the organic and click on the organic. Whether you bid or not doesn't really in effect it, in, interact with that or affect that. So go bid on your brand. It's going to get a lot of really good ROI. Yes. QED. That's like scientific jargon, but we're done and finished and move on to the next thing. I Proof. always do like
1: slash and rant.
0: Yeah, okay, and rant. <laughs> I'm off my plinth.
1: <laughs> yes. So, the next advertising channel we're going to talk about, which I feel like Stuart might get another plinth about, but that's okay. I'm plinthless. I'm you're, done. You're going to build one for this. We're going to talk about Facebook dynamic ads for travel.
0: Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes.
1: Mm. <laughs> mm, tell me more.
0: It is great. I mean, any time that you can provide, again, this is, goes back to people being lazy, right? So anytime you can give people information that s- saves them having to do things, it's great. So with dynamic, dynamic, dynamic Ads for Travel, the fact that you can show rates for the, the dates that they're interested in is phenomenal. And they can click through and book straight from there. So, Should I
1: back up and tell the people what this is? Sure. Okay. okay. So this is pretty new ad format, so fresh off the press here. There is some setup and integration required, so this isn't necessarily something you can sit down and do like today, right this second, because you do need to work with, it might be somebody in-house or somebody within your booking engine team to set up the feed from your booking engine to Facebook, so. Do you know anyone out. that does that? I, I think <laughs> I know somebody that does, actually. Do you all travel? I think we do.
0: Those are the guys.
1: Yep. So after you've worked with us to set all this up, um, what we're going to do essentially is set up a catalog. We need to implement the Facebook p- pixel, which you should have anyway, um, and then create some ad templates. So this all pulls in and does everything itself. So it's once you get it set up, it's pretty, you know, let it do its thing. Um, and what it does is it will dynamically pull inventory and rates based on things that people have already looked at in their website. So as Stuart said, it takes the you know, people are kind of lazy, they probably did a little bit of travel shopping, they may or may not come back to your website, why don't you get in front of them again and remind them that they still have a property they're looking at, you've got some great deals and they should book with you.
0: Yeah, this is another one where the ROI is just great and, and the risk is so minimal, right, because if people aren't clicking, they're not clicking. So go ahead and do it. it, it, it you will not regret it. In, anytime you can put your ad in front of people in a targeted manner on Facebook, you're going to make money from it. It, it's just the best platform right now, bar none, from an advertising perspective. Well,
3: what does it say about Facebook that they created an entire ad type for travel that will let you dynamically feed your rates? Where is Facebook going on
0: that? Well, I think Facebook's Buy saying there's Friday. a lot of money being spent in yeah, this vertical. Yeah, they took from Google yeah, on yeah. that one. Facebook's very smart, and, and you know, they have more data in a lot of regards than than. Google does. Google has intent. You know, people go to Google for a purpose. They're trying to find something or shop for something. With Facebook, it's not so much that yet, although they want to be that. They want to be the internet. So this is just one of those many, many thousands of steps that they're making towards being the internet for a lot of people. And and again, people on Facebook are in this mode of just scroll, 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 and not having to think about it. it. It's a very passive activity that really a lot of people are spending way too much time doing. But we can use that to our advantage and get our message in front of them. And if again, we can make it frictionless. We can make all the effort taken away from them. And they just have to click and say, okay, yeah, now I'm ready to book. And there's the rates, there's the dates, click, book, done. I mean, it's phenomenal. I can't say enough good things about it.
1: How about a campaign example? Go for it. So you are an independent ski resort in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. You have already integrated your hotel's inventory with the Facebook API and you want to retarget travel shoppers who have completed a room search and viewed a specific room within your booking engine, but they did not complete an actual booking. So you're going to want to test some different strategies here, like perhaps just a simple retargeting campaign to just gently remind them um, that They have something in, let's say, their shopping cart. So just reminding them of that, reserving them that room. Um, You're going to want to use um, verbiage and use some psychology here to create that sense of urgency to get them to book. You could even um, test offering a slight discount or some other incentive for them to book now. Um, Definitely use high-quality images of maybe the room or the amenities in this case to help the shopper really imagine themselves and picture themselves in that room at that property.
0: You can also use FOMO. Fear of missing out, you know? Hey, you looked at this room. There's only two units left. You you better hurry up and book. Book, 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 book. Yeah, we've
1: talked about how other, like, Booking.com is always the example we use, how they do a great job of this.
0: Yeah, the reason Booking.com is the number one in terms of volume is because their interface is the best by none. It's the most frictionless. It has the most forward pressure. We've, We've gone over it a million times on this podcast, but emulate that use that you know that it works borrow what they've done and apply it to all of your marketing strategies in in, in cases like this with facebook dynamic ads for travel you can apply it to your, your advertising as well which is great do it
1: so the last part of the last part of the funnel we're going to cover today which i feel like Stuart kind of already covered a little bit but just to reinforce that you want to be present on OTA sites, MetaSearch sites, TripAdvisor, Google hotel ads, all these third-party sites. Just to clarify, yes, you want your travelers to book directly with your hotel site. Yes, you should give travelers every opportunity to book with your hotel website. Yes, you should offer the best rate, or at least the same rate, available on other sites on your website. Yes, you should offer incentives to book directly with your hotel. Yes to all of those things. However, it's not always how the world works. There are going to be some people that, for whatever reason, really like Expedia, and they're going to book with Expedia no matter what, so you want to be there. There might be OTAs that, you know, they saw your site on TripAdvisor first, so they're going to go back to TripAdvisor. Whatever the reason may be, there are people who are going to book there, so you're going to want to be there. Whatever place people are going to book, you want to give them that opportunity.
0: 100% agree, and, and I think it, it's important for a couple of reasons, right? One, you're right. There's a percentage of people that are loyal to whatever brand they book through, whether it's Expedia or TripAdvisor or whatever. And you want to not lose the booking to your competition, right? If, if your only option is to book through a third party and pay the commission, so be it. But you want to put your best foot forward. You want to make sure that you make a compelling argument that you are, you. are they should book direct. Because overwhelmingly, people want to book direct with a property if you make it easy for them, if you give them a reason to do it. So making sure, like Misha said, that your rate parity is on point, making sure that you give them a reason, an incentive, whether that's you know faster Wi-Fi or earlier check-in or some kind of on-property value to booking direct. Make sure you're making a compelling argument because if you do, like we said earlier, The funnel is not linear anymore. People are kind of jumping up and down the funnel. And even if someone's decided to book with you, they're going back to Google at that point and saying, my brand name hotel reviews or best rates for my brand name hotel. Discounts,
1: promo codes. Exactly.
0: So they're, they're making these multiple searches to try to make sure they're getting the best deal. They're getting the most value. So you want to make sure that your website communicates that really effectively. Give them on your homepage here are the seven reasons why you should book direct with us on this website. You're not going to get a lower rate anywhere else. You get all this value added. You get our loyalty program, which gives you X, Y, Z. So really try to tell that compelling story. But at the end of the day, there are some people that just aren't going to listen, and they're going to book on these other channels. So you've got to be there as well. Everyone's, yes. everyone's nodding, Ooh. but not saying words. Say words with your mouth, Pete.
2: I, I completely
0: agree. I think <laughs> yes. so point, Tell a you, joke, huh? um,
3: You, you know, okay, a certain percentage will probably
1: book with an OTA, whether that's 5% or 15%. But it's your job at that point to then, which we have podcasts about as well, converting those OTA bookers to in-house bookers. So that's your goal at that point.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's it, the, the war is never over, right? You, that, that guest may stay with you again and even if they do book with Expedia, you want them to book direct next time. So yeah, listen to the archive of 63 other episodes of this podcast because they'll give you tips on how to combat that as well but misha phenomenal job girl this was amazing thank you really good i spent a lot
1: of time on it this is definitely a very abbreviated version, and i wanted to demonstrate not only that you should be segmenting your funnel and looking at it at different channels and where they fit but also understanding that you can use AdWords in various ways. You can use Facebook in various ways. So just understanding the best place to use those is really important.
0: Yeah, really good, really good advice. And, and you know, just even if this has overwhelmed you, if you feel like you're drinking from a fire hose right now with all this information, go download this companion piece, the white paper that Misha did. It's fueltravel.com slash advertising and take your time to digest it. But really take home from this, the fact that there is not a one-size-fits-all, spray-and-pray mentality when it comes to advertising. You really need to be mindful with where you spend your money, how you measure measure success, and what your goals and KPIs should be at different points in the funnel, and knowing that you shouldn't compare every advertising channel to every other one because your, your purpose may be different at different points throughout the funnel and different target audiences and stuff like that. So just be thoughtful and mindful and, and take a strategic approach versus just blindly spending money on all these different channels that are available to you.
2: And I, I would add to that: look at those channels and look at the portions of the funnel that that customer is in, and don't shut a opportunity down because you're expecting an early funnel opportunity to convert as if it was a end to funnel process. You know. Well,
3: ma- wait, I'm so glad you brought that okay. up because there's more. What? Wait, what? there's more. What? <laughs>
0: What bonus? For
3: 25 cents more, you can upgrade to the next podcast episode that
0: might include
3: how to measure all these awesome points of advertising during different points of the funnel. What you're looking at. Boiler <laughs>
0: alert, what? We plan ahead on this show. So, do you This want-
3: is like literally the first time we planned ahead ever.
0: Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> Melissa, you want to explain that a little bit more, what we're talking about? No. Okay. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> but you like that then? Yes.
3: So I'm currently working my little butt off on putting together this exact funnel and looking at what in your analytics software you should be looking at and how to segment your data in analytics to show you your KPIs and conversion rates without with all that stuff throughout the funnel.
0: Yeah. A lot of people just look at their analytics and, and think all things are equal and everything should be measured the same way. And it's, it's really so much more nuanced than that. And you really have to spend the time to understand what the data means. So next time... That is what we're going to be talking about. Maybe two times. Well, so...
3: <laughs> oh, you uh, already threw it out there. No uh, games, yeah,
0: I think it's next week, right? Yeah. I, I heard her saying she's doing two dedicated podcasts. <laughs> two, two weeks of podcasts. Yeah. So we were mouth liars last week. We did lie with our mouths and say that we were going back to... Or last episode, we said we we're going back to weekly. Last time, there were conflicts of schedules. It didn't work out. Our goal is to go back two weekly starting next week, so hopefully we can get back on that schedule. But, but
3: this will probably not be right This will probably
0: back. be two weeks from now, so yes. we're going to have to figure out what we want to do next week. So if you guys have anything specific that you want to tackle on one of these episodes, you want us to do our Fueligan little breakdown of whatever it is you need help with from a hotel marketing perspective, we'll be glad to do it. Just shoot us a line, info at Fuel Travel. Or you can uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Fuel Travel.
1: Like, honestly, it's free marketing consultation. Mm-hmm. Why would you not ask this question?
0: This is true. We, we Where
1: have... else are you going to get an hour's worth of free marketing advice? This is true.
0: We're bananas. We, we, Stop
1: saying that word. We
0: <laughs> like to help people uh, without <laughs> taking money you from know, them. Yeah,
1: I hate bananas.
0: Why do you hate bananas so much?
1: We have... Don't make me build a plant over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: never mind. Sorry. We, we got through a whole episode, guys. Without talking about dad jokes,
1: I was gonna say I have one. Oh, <laughs> you know,
2: there's really only three kinds of people on earth those who are good at math and those who aren't. Oh. There you go, there's your dad joke. Oh.
0: I think we should have one too.
1: Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder. That's oh,
0: sorry. I no, mean. well, I didn't know you had one. Go
1: ahead. You <laughs> literally just had a joke from a, a dad. True, start. although Pete did tell me this week that I'm gonna make a great dad one day. <laughs>
0: It's probably the proudest moment yeah. in real life. I was
1: super excited. All right, well, what is Buzz Lightyear's favorite store? I don't know. Bed Bath & Beyond!
0: <laughs> That's terrible. Man. remember you my joke about the math? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was way really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I think we crushed it on this topic I of advertising. I would this mic, but it's attached. <laughs> yeah. We crushed it on the episode. We killed it on the jokes. And if they want to find you somewhere on the interwebs, Peter, where can they find you?
2: They can find me on Twitter at pdimao. P D I M A I O.
0: And Melissa. I'm at
1: M A Cavanaugh. M A K A V A N A G H. And Misha. I'm at Marketing Misha. Or is that Marketing M E I S H A? Me
0: is ha. And you can find me at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Again, you can get the podcast notes to this episode at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 64. And again, go download this amazing white paper that Misha created at fueltravel.com slash advertising. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast.
2: Here I am testing on a microphone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got my ending.
1: You have like eight endings.